Welcome to Thriving Your Love, a podcast where we will guide and help you improve your most precious relationships in life. This podcast is produced and hosted by certified emotionally focused therapist, Claudio Vargas Silva, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Trisha Kim Walsh, also licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome back viewers and listeners to our wonderful podcast, Thriving Your Love. Today, we're going to have a topic discussion on a very difficult subject that brings up a lot of devastation, a lot of pain, and a lot of trauma. Claudio, we're going to be talking about healing from affairs. And I want to acknowledge that we know that statistics can sometimes vary, but on the average in the United States, what we are currently seeing is that a little more than half of couples result in having a divorce as a result of infidelity, as a result of an affair, whether that's emotional, physical, that a partner that betrays the trust is enough to betray the security of a relationship to survive. And we feel that it's so important because Claudio, I see such a high volume of couples that come into therapy want so much to make this relationship work and they want to understand how did we get here so we want to dedicate today's episode to having this space this safe space for our listeners to really drop down into a place that's hard to talk about but is a place that we need to talk about with understanding and curiosity so i'm very excited but i'm also recognizing that this will be a difficult topic to follow because it may touch our hearts in a very personal way if you yourself have been the one who's been injured by an affair or you are the one who's done the performed the affair and are the injurer yes and trisha it is important to notice that this is also a very broad subject we have another time talked about attachment injuries And we left out affairs at that time because we knew that it would be really a long topic that would take more than one podcast because there are so many details. And like, for example, you just mentioned now emotional affairs, physical affairs. I want also mention like a porn addiction like people who watch porn and then all of a sudden a partner sees an image like like a video in the partner's computer or phone. And all of this would be considered attachment injuries and affairs. And the interesting thing is that the partner who committed the affair, as you mentioned, they might sometimes minimize if it was uh, emotional or if it was porn addiction. But what is important to notice is how it affects, how it impacts trust. So usually the affairs or attachment injuries, they will hurt. They will hurt trust. And this is what is so hard and and so difficult to face, Trisha. 
Absolutely. It's, it's a good reminder that in the loving relationships that we create and we put so much time and so much investment audio, we share so much of ourselves. So there can be such a shock to, I thought this was between you and I, and now there's another, whether that's an addiction, porn, I'm really glad you're bringing that up. As we become more connected to technology, cyber sex, actually connecting with a stranger or connecting with that stranger could be an escort. That could be a worker who's paid for sex. The list goes on, but in whatever way is that when we agreed to be in this relationship, even though we might not have signed any contract, right, Claudio, maybe the, the vow that you've given to your partner is that contract, is that commitment, is what we agreed to be together. And you did this behind my back. And often, most commonly, my clients who the individual who identifies as being injured and we'll call it that is injured and the injurer the injured party will often say what else have they not been telling me what other secrets have they kept from me it's as if i don't even know who this person is that's not who i married that's not the person i dated and i feel grieving. I feel traumatized. I can't concentrate at work. My self-confidence has been lost. How could you do this to me? So as you can imagine, Claudio, we really get into the negative cycle here when we speak about that EFT languages. You can see the injured party is how can we make this work when you and the you leads to criticism. It leads to blame. It can lead to shame. And away we go with the negative cycle. Yes, and this is why we call an attachment injury because when we have a relationship with someone, as you mentioned, we have some assumptions. We have an assumption that this person is mine in the way that you are my loved one. You are my important other. So I am, I, I have this confidence. And when I know about an affair, it shakes this confidence. And then I wonder, can I trust that you are there for me? And this is so dangerous because as human beings, we are really primed to attachment for our survival. Our survival depends on our connections, especially to our loved one. So we, since, you know, like many thousands of years, we human beings depend on someone to really feel secure, to really feel protected. And when we think about an affair, we have that fear of loneliness. That means I'm not protected anymore. I cannot be secure in this relationship anymore. You are not there for me. And I thought the worst thing is that you made me think that you were there for me. And you never told me that you wouldn't be there for me. You never told me that our relationship wasn't secure as I thought. You made me believe that I was the only one. And now I am finding out that I'm not. And 
now I don't know. I, I don't feel safe anymore. I don't know if I can count on you. If I think and if I see that I was betrayed, that my trust in someone was betrayed, I have difficulty now to believe in every other thing that that person says and have said in the past. So all the promises, all the things that were told to me, I am now wondering, can I trust it's true? So it's so understandable that people usually, they even think, do you really love me? Can I count that I'm loved by you? So it's very hard, Tricia, in, in these situations. Right. And, and the painful part in all this, Claudio, is the other two most common reasons that a couple will divorce and statistics that we see currently is a lack of commitment and arguing too much. So as you can see, as this couple that are making every effort to try to stay together, to try to make sense of this and to go into therapy, as an example, in that process of healing, there's so much trauma. Claudia, we were just talking a little bit ago about how the affairs can create PTSD. They can create trauma-like symptoms, the flashbacks, the nightmares of, could this happen again? And all the hopes and the dreams and the wishes that this couple were thinking about the future, understandably, what trauma does is you feel the vibrations of it still living in your body. It's still in your thoughts. It's in your emotions. The grieving is profound. And so as a therapist in EFT, Claudio, we really do focus on the emotional process, the devastation and the loss of, I know what we were and now I know how we are. And there's an effort to go back into the past, almost like a detective, Claudio. I see that a lot in my, my couple sessions is I want to know the details. I want to know where it went wrong. So we never do this again. You yeah. never do this again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good point. And what you said about PTSD is so important also to notice. When we have PTSD, when we suffer a trauma, and you see this name, post-traumatic stress disorder, because we think that trauma is something that happens in a moment. And some traumatic experiences, they might be really quick, although others might take a long time. But there is something about trauma that is important to notice is that the amygdala, the center of fear and attachment in our brain, is the place where trauma is registered. And what the amygdala does is that the amygdala takes a snapshot of what happened. And the amygdala will uh, memorize things like place, people, colors, sounds, smells, a lot of details of what happened. The purpose is that the person doesn't suffer that again. So after a trauma, the person becomes very hypervigilant. The person is going to pay attention to signs that this experience might happen again. So anything similar will trigger a response, a fight and flight response. And the person is going to 
enter in a stage of panic, of anxiety. So let's say the partner is looking at the phone or the partner is taking a while to get back from work, is a little bit late. Or the partner says, oh, you know, I have a meeting at work. I have to stay a little bit longer today. Or, oh, you know, I have to go to that store. Or the partner goes to the bathroom and, and takes the phone with them or just turns the phone over. So all of these things trigger fear in the injured person. And sometimes the injurer has a hard time understanding the normality of these things, of these symptoms, but they are absolutely normal. So this is why after an affair, there is really a shift in both people. The, the injurer will feel like I am in debt forever because I have done this. So now I am the bad guy in this relationship. I will always have to pay for what I did. Well, I want to give hope here to couples because what I have seen working with couples is that in many times when they work through the attachment injury, they become even more connected than they were before. They experience like they are in a honeymoon phase again. But the thing is that there will be some things that will remain for the relationship. And they are normal because it's a traumatic experience that will affect both of them. And you cannot really, because sometimes the injury especially thinks that the injured should forget, should forgive, and they have the power to do that. But we need to respect the laws of the brain. Our brain is ruled by laws. And this is attachment. The attachment system is incredibly important. It has to do with survival, as I was saying. So everything that threatens our survival, our sense of security is a very, very big deal. And is something that will in some way remain. So it's very, very important to take care of this and, and to really seek help to overcome symptoms that will come as a result. Claudio, it's so spot on to name what is actually happening that makes sense. And we want to normalize the internal experience, not necessarily to normalize the affair. I think that's important for us to let the listener, our listeners, viewers understand that often I will explain to my couple that I'm not taking the side of one party over the other because often an injured party acknowledges I am the one that had this happen to me. I've been traumatized. Mm -hmm. However, Claudio, you make a, you know, a really good Reminder is that the individual that did have the affair, the injurer, often feels that experience of shame and blame inside of themselves that they can experience trauma too. So it's important to understand that both parties are experiencing trauma. And what we do in trauma is that we really are neurologically listening to the pain response of, I want to get to safety. And we know with safety in our reptilian brains, we are looking to 
find what are our options because the individual that we would normally go to to make us feel safe and feel loved, we can't go to because we will either be blamed, be shamed, feel experiences of defensiveness or criticized. And in couples therapy, Claudio, as well as individual therapy, our efforts are to do something different. So I will often explain this. What we're explaining right now is to say trauma is happening in your body and you're going to need to really take care of your bodies in many different ways. So whatever is your exercise routine, whatever is your meditative routine, mindfulness, research studies are showing incredible results that meditation and mindfulness are just as effective of, as psychiatric medications. So the good news, Claudio, is there's so many ways we are wanting you to hear the hope here that a couple can come through this, but it is going to take a lot of work because in order to get better, we do have to go through the worst of it. And the worst of it is to look of the dynamics of how we can continue to re-traumatize each other in the replaying the, the tape, rewinding, what happened? Where were you? Let me see your social media. Let me look at your device to confirm to me that I can trust you. So these tasks and these demonstrations, which can make sense because the brain is saying, I need to know that I can trust you. Show me that I can trust you. It's almost like an audit, audit right, Claudio? It's like a random uh, examination of the relationship to say, show me, so then I don't have to keep hearing my amygdala go off like a fire alarm that I can't trust you, that I can't be safe with you. Because I know on the other side of this, Claudio, is I loved you and I want to continue loving you. Help me feel safe because my body and my mind are saying not to trust, not even to trust my own judgment, which is also which adds to the PTSD, Claudio. Mm -hmm. Yes, Trisha. So you are just reinforcing what we are talking about attachment, how important it is for us to know that someone is there for us. This is the reason we look for someone, that we, we seek relationships because we want to feel safe. We want to feel like we have someone who, has, who is backing us, who has really our best interests in mind. We want to feel really protected. And, you know, we see that the reason, there are a lot of reasons couples have affairs. And it might even stem from childhood experiences, environment, uh, role models that we had in our childhood has also to do with our genes and the tendencies that come with us in our genes. But as I was saying, the center of all has to do with attachment. And like, for example, when we have a relationship and we are not feeling totally confident in this relationship. And I might wonder, is this person there for me? Does this person love me? Am I important to this person? And some people, when they start making those questions to themselves, instead of going to their partner, talking to their partner, or maybe seeking professional help to work on the relationship, what do they do? They go outside. 
So I just heard a few days ago, someone was telling me about someone from their family that had started a relationship and was having like this honeymoon phase and was so wonderful. All of a sudden, this person started having those questions. You know, something I don't know if she really loves me. It seems like she doesn't like me the way I am. So what did he do? He contacted a previous girlfriend and he started talking to her about the problems that he was having in this relationship. So we think why he would ask, like why he would seek help from an ex-girlfriend. But in some ways, like, you know, I am having a problem now with my new girlfriend. And I just want to check if maybe it would be available for me. So if you give me the attention, if you show understanding to me, then I feel secure because I know if I lose this one here, I have you. So this is what I mean by emotional relationship. He might, or emotional affair, he might not have said anything like, such as, oh, you know, we were so good together. I remember the wonderful times that we had. But just by uh, talking about those things that he should talk with his girlfriend, he's talking to the ex-girlfriend. So we see how these emotional affairs, how they play out. But you see that the center of all is, I want to know for sure that I'm not alone in this world. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of not being loved. I'm afraid of not having my emotional needs met. And this person here is not really meeting my emotional needs. So I want to know if maybe if I lose her, I'm going to have another person because I don't want to feel like I would be without options. So let me check the waters to see. So we see how this is all playing in these attachment needs that we have, but we are not going really the, the real, the best way of doing that. The best way should let me have a conversation here with my girlfriend. Let me seeking help. Let me do something to invest in this relationship. And then, you know, we, we can grow together. And if there is no way I finish, I end this relationship. And then I start a new one. So... We see how, Trisha, how these things play out and how the center, as I was mentioning, has to do with attachment. Right, Claudio, exactly. I will keep repeating what you're naming, which is so important, is calling it an attachment injury because the injury that we feel in efforts to potentially protect the partner and protect the relationship is to say, this 
need may be too much. This need may be rejected or I may be abandoned. So I'm going to find a way to respond to it by seeking out a temporary solution, if you will. And, and again, as I say that, I'm not saying that I'm in agreement of it. I'm naming that often the injured party wants to understand the why. Why did you do this? Why didn't you come to me? I would have understood we could have gone to couples therapy. What's going on that didn't allow you to trust me that you could talk to me about the things that were happening inside of you? So there's another layer of betrayal that happened there is that were you even thinking of me when you did this and mm -hmm. what this would do to me? That's what I hear consistently is, did you even realize when you did what you did, how this was going to break my heart? Mm -hmm. And that breaks my heart that you weren't thinking of me. You were thinking about you. And that is a very difficult place of process to make meaning of the injurer being able to drop down into vulnerability which we'll talk about at our next episode of, I hear that. I see that. That makes sense. I didn't think about you. I was thinking about me. And Claudio, as we talk about fear, which will be really the focus of next episode around what causes couples to prevent themselves from having these discussions and why I'm such a firm believer that EFT is a remarkable form of treatment and therapy for a couple to heal in affairs. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very well said. And, and you know, like you were mentioning now how the injured partner asks the injurer were you thinking of me? Did you imagine how this would hurt me? Did, did it go through your mind? So the angel just is asking, so how could you not think of me? How couldn't you not protect me? Now, what is sometimes interesting, confusing, is that on many occasions, the injurer doesn't feel loved. So the injurer thinks, well, if... If I do this, so my partner is not really going to feel hurt because it seems like they don't care about me. So there is this assumption. Exactly. And the injurer uh, realizes that big response, that big impact, devastating impact. And it's so shocking. They never imagine how important they were. But sometimes the response of the injured partner that responds through anger, attacking and blaming, sometimes even reinforces the injury that he or she is not loved. So it's really kind of hard to figure out these things sometimes. And this is why sometimes therapy is so important. And, and you know, we, we want to invite our listeners to continue listening more because as we were mentioning, right, Trisha, this subject is rich. There are a lot of things about this and we want you to stay tuned because up to now we are showing like uh, the feelings, the emotions and the problems 
but we are not working so well yet in the solution to this. And we want to give you hope. We want to give you uh, skills and tools so that you can uh, overcome this and hopefully that you don't get to this point, right, of having such a, an attachment injury. But if you get there, we want to give you hope. We are going to give you tools. Tune in. Exactly, Claudio. Please tune in and know we are here with you and your best of your moments in your relationships and that also the worst of moments in your relationships. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We hope you'll join us soon again for our next episode of Thriving Your Love.